You do not need big budgets or fancy cameras to compete with the mega churches out there. Our episode for today reveals how small churches can reach millions even if they have a zero dollar budget. Welcome back to the Digital Missions Podcast, where our goal is to equip ministry leaders like you to reach your first million people with the gospel. I'm your host, Justin Kuhn, and here's the thing. It used to be the case that big churches with teams of paid professionals had the advantage. But as you'll see in today's episode, social media has leveled the playing field. In fact, my guest for today teaches small churches how to train teams of volunteers to compete with the Hillsongs and the Elevation churches out there using just their smartphones. I'm talking about Daniel Davis, a church social media strategist who is going to be sharing with us the three easiest and top performing posts for churches and will reveal the secret as to why these posts are essential for any church looking to make an impact for the kingdom of God. Danielle, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. Yes, so glad to be here. So I ran across your page very recently and uh, over the last couple of months, you've had a bit of a blow up, which is exciting. It, it just indicates that so many other churches are recognizing the need for social media ministry. You and I were talking in the background that there's this belief, at least you and I share, that the churches that don't adapt to the changing ways of communication, these are the ones that are very likely going to go the way of the dodo in the next couple of years. And we don't want that. We love the church. We love our local churches as much as as much time as we play online, we want the local church to survive and thrive moving forward. And so today we're going to be looking at some really practical tools that churches can use to increase their impact online. But before we get there, Daniel, can you tell us the story? Uh, you and I grew up not far from each other uh, in the general Los Angeles area. And now you're doing something that's really cool, at least in my estimation. I have a ton of respect for you. You're, you're a mother, and yet you're still doing this thing where you're teaching churches how to, to be impactful with the gospel online. Give us a bit of the backstory. How'd you get started? What's the what's the context? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I started by working for a couple church marketing companies, um, just helping churches with their online presence in general, managing design, websites, paid ads, and social media. And there was just this huge need for churches really wanting to be trained in a deeper way on social media. And so I started working with churches one-on-one, -on -one, really focusing in on their team and how their team can um, improve their social media, reach more people with social media, and really use it as a digital ministry versus, you know, using it as their bulletin board or just throwing up an announcement um, whenever they had the chance. And what I found was that it was really, really hard to represent a church accurately that you don't go to. And each church, you know, really has a unique voice and a unique expression and really can reach people that only they can reach in their local context. And so, you know, I realized through, you know, teaching churches through these marketing companies I worked for, um, that even if you do outsource, there's still, you know, there are so many ways to outsource. Like you could have a designer or a videographer or a photographer or a whole marketing company. You still need at least one person in your church who really manages that outsource company and that relationship so that you can stay really true to to who you are and what you believe in your core values. And so it, I just found no matter which way you put it, okay, someone in your church or more than one person in your church or volunteers need to be trained on how to really use social media um, for the kingdom. And so I found myself just taking a lot more time with each church and training them um, 
to use their social media along with the management services that the marketing companies were providing, that I was providing through the marketing companies. And so, yeah, I just felt like there was this really big need to really train the volunteers um, that, and I also really could see that you didn't need to have fancy equipment. You didn't like, you didn't need to have, um, be a professional videographer, a professional designer to really see results on social media because really what works is being authentic. And, um, and so, yeah, so that just got me kind of on this train of, hey, I'm gonna like, I started my Instagram page, a blog, and just started to um, train churches on how to run their social media step-by-step to really reach more people. Well, I, I love it. And we're going to get into some really practical things. So make sure that you have your, your pen and paper handy as you listen to this episode. Um, but I already know that you're, you're going to give dropping, drop some value because you dropped the line that I don't think that many people understand the, the, the huge perspective shift that this is to treat your social media more like a pulpit and less like a bulletin board. Uh, most churches are like, hey, we got prayer meeting on Wednesday. Oh, our guest speaker this weekend is so and so. And it's like, okay, cool. That's nice. But that's not going to work on social media. And so Oh, we're going to be talking about three things that you could actively do that will increase the efficacy of your online ministry. Um, before we get to that, I want to know, because I think a lot of small churches have only this doom and gloom approach. Ah, we don't have the big budgets. We don't have the fancy cameras. We don't have the, the, the bright LED wall that costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. What could we possibly do? Can you talk to us a little bit about the advantage that small churches have? Even small churches with just maybe a team of volunteers armed with a couple cell phones or something along those lines. Because there are some advantages to being that quick, that nimble, that uh, uh, able to shift and to trade uh, attention uh, very rapidly. What are some of the advantages from your perspective working with churches of the small church versus the big church? Yeah, that's a great question. So I would say the biggest advantage is that um, sometimes with a larger church who can pay for all the stuff, it actually just comes it can come off very um, like professional or organ like this just this big organization talking to you. Whereas when you don't have as many resources, you can actually come off as more personal. And I think that's really important because social media is a social thing, social apps, you know, we, we want to be social and relational. And what works is actually the more we can get in touch with that human element and that relational side of things. Um, and really not sound like a business, but that we actually sound like a person. Um, and we sound like we talk on social media as if we're talking to one person. And so I think just when you have all the fancy stuff, it's easy to, you know, do these videos that might look really great and they look really crisp and really professional, but that's not really what connects people these days. Um, especially on social media, people are looking for authenticity. People are looking for the truth. Um, people are looking to connect. And so, you know, you could have the ugliest video, but the content really matters. And, um, and that content is going to go viral, no matter if your video is perfect or terrible. <laughs> so that's the advantage it. is, you know, the scrappy, um, you know, the scrappiness, I feel like really brings out the heart too of the church and like, and the heartbeat of, of who you are, because you're like, you know, we're just gonna like put who we are and out there and then also, you know, just speak the truth out there. So 
Hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, an, another way to say it is that if you're a big church, you actually have a disadvantage. And the disadvantage is if someone really likes your preaching online, or they really love the head pastor, the preaching pastor, whatever the case is, and then they show up in person, or they send you a DM, there's zero chance that you actually get to connect with that person that you've been consuming the content around. Versus if you are a small church, and then they send you a DM, like you, that speaker, you, that local pastor, that teacher, can actually hop on a Zoom call, can send them a, a video of you praying for them or God forbid, if they chose to join your church on the weekend, you could literally hang out with them, give them an embrace and actually be able to welcome them into your family. And it's this social element that if you trade on, you can really win when it comes to social media. You talked about three different types of content pieces that we should be creating as small churches. And these three things are enabling us to reach the goal of doing ministry online. And I think that you, you, at least in the message you sent me, you have three categories, sermon clips, photo carousels, and real templates as the three types of content. And I'm really excited to explore these. Can you walk us through why these content pieces are so valuable and really how do we execute this as a small church of volunteers? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, let's start with sermon clips. So these, these posts, sermon clips, photo carousels, and video reels are definitely top performing posts for churches, just in my experience working with churches. And um, there's a few reasons why. And usually, you know, it's the question of what do I post is a very big question. And I always come back to these three posts. And I like these three posts to kind of be the foundation of what a church is posting, um, because they do really well for different reasons. And then you can, you know, add on different creative things beyond that. Um, sometimes I think we can be intimidated by getting too creative and all the creativity you see out there. Um, but really kind of boiling it down to, okay, these three posts can consistently work really well for churches. And so when you can learn to put them into into play, um, that can be huge for um, getting started and creating a really good foundation. So let's start with sermon clips. Um, the reason why sermon clips are so great is a few things. One, they really reinforce um, the teachings that you do on Sunday. Um, they'll reinforce that throughout the week. That helps to really build the culture that you want to see. Um, it also creates this like focus in your church, whether people are with you digitally or with you in person and kind of see your social media throughout the week. Um, this is really good for current members and also for reaching new people um, because reels are the only type of post on Instagram that really are, even Instagram says, are for reaching new people. And um, sermon clips are also great for current members because of that culture building and reinforcing the teachings, but they're good for new people too because they begin to see um, and hear just the word of God. They hear truth. They, you know, hear little snippets that they're like, oh, I actually want to keep hearing what that pastor or that person was talking about. Um, so it just builds this like curiosity um, around God, around what you're teaching about. Um, and also because sermon clips are original audio, you know, they are your original audio. They are so unique to you. It is the most unique thing that you can do that you already actually do on a Sunday. Um, and, you know, there's, you can, you know, you see people use a lot of audio that is already 
you know, oh, use trending audio or this or that, but this is just this unique custom content. And so it has actually has the potential to reach more people um, from an algorithm standpoint. Um, and so, yeah, there's that uniqueness, that authenticity. Um, they're inspiring and educational, which is really helpful um, for, you know, you're actually giving something to people, which I really love. Any kind of post where you can give something away that's valuable, that's helpful. Um, this is the perfect example of that kind of post. And then another thing, just a couple practical things too, people can really see what to expect um, before visiting your church um, if they're in the area and they can visit in person. Um, it's a great way for people to like kind of engage at their own pace and um, engage with you through social and then maybe one day their next step is actually to connect with you in person um, if, if they're in the area. So the last reason why sermon clips are amazing is because right now on most social media platforms, um, Instagram Reels, Facebook Reels, TikTok, YouTube Shorts, you can post vertical sermon clips. So you can really just take that one post and post it everywhere, really maximizing your reach. So that's the first one, sermon clips. Um, I, I if I can jump in, you, you, you mentioned something, you dropped a nugget that most people aren't aware of. And so I'm so glad that you, you referred to it. There's this idea of using trending audio, which, you know, you might see Joe influencer dancing to some cool sound or whatever the case is. And all pastors kind of roll their eyes. They're like shaking my butt on TikToks, not my spiritual gift. Um, and, and instead of using a trending audio, they're like, well, what do I do? And the answer is like, no, literally just share what you preached this last weekend. And by doing that, you're actually now in a new category, not trending audio, but original audio. And Instagram recently has literally said that they are promoting original audio over trending audio because they want the platform not to just be like a B tier version of TikTok. They actually want it to be a place where you can discover new creators, new value, new things. And so original audio is actually an advantage for the small church by just sharing literally the audio from your sermons week to week. So love it. Really great insights. Let's talk about photo carousels. What are photo carousels, Danielle? Yeah. So, um, photo carousels are awesome. Um, you know, a carousel post on Instagram is better than just posting one single image and you can post up to 10, um, 10 photos, or it can be a mix of photos and videos as well. Um, the reason why I love, love photo carousels is because for a church, if you're a one person team, this can be a really easy post to do, but it also is very high impact. And the reason is because when somebody sees the first photo in the carousel on Instagram, they'll maybe pass by, they'll say like, oh, I, I like that, maybe they'll like it, maybe they won't. If they didn't engage with it, Instagram is actually gonna serve up the second slide in your carousel. So now you're actually getting double the value out of your one post already. So one person's more likely to see that post uh, multiple times, if that makes sense. And so that's a great reason why to use carousels in general. And that goes for if, you know, it's an educational carousel where you're maybe teaching, you know, just even text through the carousel. But the reason why I love photo carousels specifically is um, you can really add a human element and connect relationally um, with 
just a bunch of your photos from Sunday. You can snap them on your iPhone um, and just throw them on there. And people love to connect with people. People love to see their friends on Instagram, or this goes for, you know, Facebook too. Um, and people love to see familiar faces, especially if you're, you know, not part of a mega church, but you have more of a smaller, medium-sized church. People love to see familiar faces, so they'll probably engage with that post a lot more. Um, and it also kind of mimics what you might post if you were just a person too. Like if I'm just a person posting, I would post that. I would post a photo dump of a bunch of things that happened. Um, and so another great reason is photo carousels really will show what your church is like. It'll kind of show that dynamic, show that vibe, um, just from a visual perspective. I What I see is a lot of churches posting um, you know, a lot of graphics, maybe trendy graphics, um, or even a lot of carousels with just text, which are great, and I love those too. But if you're, but it's really important to kind of show and give people a picture of your community. Um, there's just something really powerful about that. Um, and then photo carousels are great too. I know a lot of churches um, have a larger following too on Facebook, depending on the demographic of your church. And you can just totally auto post these to Facebook. And Facebook photo carousels on Facebook, just a big photo dump on. Facebook is really one of the best things for Facebook these days. So yeah, it's just a very high impact post for maybe something you already have if you have a photographer or a volunteer snapping photos on their phone. That, that's so key, so key. And, and I think one of the psychological advantages of highlighting your literal church members is that people tend to want to share photos of themselves. And so if you're tagging all of your church members in your photo carousels, there's a stronger chance that they're actually going to share that post from your church, which increases your odds that you reach their friends with your sermon clips. So that makes a lot of sense to me. One of the questions I have, and this is a follow-up, what about the churches that are, let's just say, uh, sparsely populated? You know, everyone loves to do the wide-angle shot of a church that's packed to the brim of hundreds of people, standing room only, kind of a thing. But what happens if it starts to feel, you know, just less like that? And and there's maybe a fear in communicating uh, what 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 might actually just be the reality of your church is maybe just spotted. You know, there's just not that many people. It, how would you navigate around some of those concerns of like, man, you know what? We have a building that fits 500 people and we're privileged to serve 125 people who come every week. How would you navigate photos in that circumstance? I love this question. So you definitely don't Photoshop people in. Um, that's <laughs> no the first stock tip. photos? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no stock photos. I actually really definitely no stock photos because, it, again, not authentic to your church. You don't need to Photoshop people in. Um, but what I would do is actually, you know, what's interesting is the photos that perform best aren't necessarily those big wide shot photos, you know, showing your church full. I think that's something in us that we want that. We want like when we're taking photos, we're like, oh, okay, like I make sure it's dark over here. So, you know, you can kind of make it look more full. Or we think that, 
if it looks more full, that maybe pe more people will want to come or it'll look like it's happening at our church. But really what photos actually do well are more photos where people are, um, you know, maybe you can see them from the waist up or the knees up. And it's actually photos of like smaller groups of people like connecting or laughing or, um, you know, drinking coffee together at your connect area or, you know, someone shaking hands with the new person or, um, you know, your pastor praying for somebody. Um, maybe it's, so it doesn't have to be these wide shots. I actually feel like that isn't the best post to post. Um, my favorite thing to do is, um, and you'll actually see a lot of churches do this, is people will generally kind of talk in little clusters. And if you can kind of get behind one person's head and use portrait mode, this is getting specific, but use portrait mode, kind of blur them out and just focus on the person kind of talking and smiling and just snap it as soon as they laugh. Um, those posts are really great because it just shows people connecting, gives that vibe of family, of community, of warmth. And I think that's kind of what we want to communicate as churches. You know, what I love about your response so far is that none of the answers to the kinds of photos that we should be sharing are pastor preaching from a stage. And because when we think about, oh man, this is, this is the it moment of church. It's when the pastor is making an altar call and, you know, they look real powerful and influential and they dress real nice. Like, all right, cool. Like, sure, whatever. But what you're talking about is something that happens in every church. The two or three friends gathering and laughing, the prayer that's taking place in the corner, the, 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 the communal nature. And, and when we think about why people show up to church, that's what they're coming for. There's, there's a very real sentiment, and, and we don't like to admit it in the church space, that some people stomach the sermons so they can be a part of the community. And that's just real. Like, let's be, let's, let's be real. We're not all T.D. Jakes. We're not all fill in the blank, your favorite, most famous evangelist or pastor, or whatever the case is. We don't all got that gift. But we do have beautiful people who show up week after week after week. And so highlighting that you could be a part of this community. Maybe you just moved to town and you don't have any friends. Maybe you just lost your support network because of fill in the blank circumstance and you're looking to connect. This is what you get to be a part of. So I love the idea of being able to highlight community through the photos that you're going to be sharing on these carousels. Let's go to number three. We're going to be talking about reels templates. And I'm really excited about this one because this is not something that we've talked yet about on the Digital Missions podcast. So this is a first. Danielle, anyone who's struggling around the ideas of a reels template. Talk to us about what exactly is that and why is this a hack for small churches? Yeah. So um, what a reels template is, is on Instagram, there's actually, if you see a reel you like, usually they're a mix of photos and videos to music. And there is a button on Instagram where you can just tap use template and then pop in all of your own photos and videos to that audio, um, to that song, and they're already just set to go to the beat of the song. And literally all you have to do is just have a few photos or videos on your camera roll that maybe you already have and just pop them in and it will literally take you five minutes to make this post. So this is definitely a huge hack for smaller churches or if you are a volunteer run church or a one person social media team. Um, that is what a Reels template is. So the reason why these are so powerful as well is because in, you know, similar to photo carousels, these 
posts really bring your church to life, especially because you can do really short video clips. And we're talking what, like five seconds, eight seconds, something along those lines. Yeah, like they can be one second. It depends on the oh, reels wow. template because different reels templates have like different set time amounts for the video clips, but it doesn't matter. You don't have to edit your videos. You don't have to make them um, you know, one second, two seconds, three second clips, you literally pop in your 10 second clip, your 30 second clip, whatever, and it'll just automatically size it for you. And you just pop them in. And then you can adjust which way, you know, if you're like, oh, I, you put in a 30 second clip and you're like, oh, I wanted that beginning part, you just easily adjust it to the beginning part, and then click go. Um, so you're, the great part is your video clips don't have to be professional. It's actually best if they're on your phone because you want them to be vertical for these types of posts. So you can just snap a bunch of little clips um, on your phone at service and then have content for many, many posts um, and just pop them into your Reels template. The really cool part is Instagram recently came out with a whole um, searchable uh, library of Reels templates. So if you create a new Reel, you can actually click browse Reel te Reels templates and just browse different songs that you like. The really cool part too is if you have some saved posts of like maybe Christian posts that you like that had Christian songs um, or something like that, it'll automatically populate with those saved posts so that you can see all of the Reels templates of the songs that you already saved. Um, that maybe you like those songs or you sing those at church or whatever, it'll pull those up for you. Um, and yeah, so these posts just really bring your church to life, really give a glimpse inside your church. I prefer to do videos instead of photos for these. Photos work great as well, though, if that's like what you have. Say you have a photographer and, you know, that's the content you have. Do photos by all means. But um, I love videos for these because videos just really bring, bring everything to life. Um, and with these two, back to that original audio versus trending audio situation, popular songs actually do in some ways help you to reach more people, whether those are popular Christian songs or, you know, whatever you choose. Um, they can help you to reach more people. So that's why these are also really great. Um, they're done for you. You can search the library. Uh, you know, the songs can help you reach more people and literally takes you five minutes to make if you just have a little stash of videos on your phone. You know, real templates are are such a hack. It's, it's kind of like when you were in second grade and you would put a, a piece of uh, white paper over your favorite drawing and just trace and you were cheating and you would call it drawing, but reality you're just stealing someone else's hard work. This is the same idea, but it's actually encouraged by the platform. So no one gets mad. They already do the hard work of timing the clips and putting it to a song. So it's literally as simple as drag and drop your photos into the timeline or drag and drop your video clips into the timeline. And it's a beautiful thing. And, and to Daniel's point, if you don't have a fancy camera, here's the hack. Find your church, in your church, someone somewhere has an old iPhone lying around, an iPhone 8, an iPhone X, or whatever the case is, 
And then here's what you do. You collect a handful of iPhones, find all of your kids in your church and just say, hey, can you run around church today? Take photos from your own vantage point of whatever the case is. And it makes me think of like, literally my son's two and a half years old. We bought him his first camera like a couple of months ago. And so we just let him walk around with the camera and he's taking all kinds of random photos. And it's kind of funny that he's got this really terrible photo of mom and she wasn't quite looking and her in mid facial expression. She's got, he's got this photo of like this rock. We were at the DMV. He's got a photo of us waiting in line. It's just like random photos. But now the idea is church or at least in our, our example, it's life through the lens of my two and a half year old. So it actually becomes a value add. It's a unique perspective. And so you could do something like experience church from an eight-year-old's perspective. And now you're also literally giving tools to your young people to be involved in church themselves. And it becomes this value add rather than, oh, we got to hire a professional photographer. No, no, you you can literally do this with old collected cell phones from your church community. You don't have to hire someone to do this. You can literally encourage your young people to run around, take a bunch of photos. They're going to have a blast doing this, working together as a team. Daniel, I know that you're a little bit short on time, but last question I want to throw your way. For you, as you're encouraging churches to show up more online, do you have kind of a, a next step that you're encouraging churches to take when it comes to, they're, they're reaching hundreds, thousands, millions of people, who knows if they get a viral video. What are you hoping that churches in encourage their audiences to do like the next practical step is it do you have a system for joining a bible study group or attending church plan your visit like what do you think makes sense for the average small church they're 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 creating social media content they're following these three styles of content and it's working great and now they're like we got an audience like what do we do with them how do we move them along and and help them to grow closer to to christ what's your suggestion for them yeah, that's a great question because it's so true. We can build an audience on Instagram, you know, or a community on Instagram as a church. And then it's like, what's next? What, where are we going to take these people next? And I think that's such an important question um, because you don't want them to stay there. You know, you want a next step for them. And so I think that really depends um, also on your church and your church's goals as well. You know, what is your church's thing? Is does your church, you know, want every person to get connected with a small group? Does your church, you know, want um, people to maybe watch the Sunday message first, or you want them to plan a visit? I think that, you know, having that link in your bio specifically with a really clear call to action is super important. Um, I often will go to church pages on Instagram specifically and kind of not really know where to go next. I'm like, if I wanted to get connected, where are my, what, what should I do? So I really think having in your link in bio, like an arrow pointing down to your link, saying exactly what you want their next step to be is really, really powerful. Um, and I think that that can be really anything, whether that's joining a small group, listening to the next message, planning a visit. Um, another idea too, as well, um, that's, you know, maybe a little easier for someone to do if they just maybe found you on Instagram is maybe having like a free resource or something for them in your link in bio where they can give you your their email and phone number and download it and like, you know, get something from you and then you can follow up um, through email or phone um, with that person and see how they're doing. I think that's a really great way um, as well to connect with people. 
Brilliant. I absolutely love it. Friends, if you are listening to this episode and you're taking notes and then this weekend you go and practice what she's telling you, you will run into a problem. The problem is this, you're making content faster than you know what to do about it. And you're going to realize that when you hit upload, you don't know what to write in the captions. And so the good news is Danielle has given us a free gift to all the listeners of the podcast. And it is entitled 50 engaging caption ideas for digital ministry. And so if you want to be able to close that gap of not only creating a great character, a great sermon clip, a, a, a great reels template, but now you're wanting to know how do I optimize the caption to grab someone's attention and really up my up my game? There's a free resource in the show notes of this episode. Danielle, can you talk a little bit about why you created this resource and, and why you decided to give it away for free? That's an amazing offer for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I created this because, I mean, just getting started sometimes in your caption can be the hardest thing. You're like, okay, I got my post. And then you're like, oh, great. Now I have to write a caption. Um, also, I really believe that like words are powerful and what you say are powerful. I used to think that just the caption was like, oh, whatever, it doesn't really matter. No one really looks at it. But I started to find that when you write something that is more meaningful, it doesn't have to be long, but just something meaningful, something helpful, it actually really helps people to connect with you more. And so, yeah, I created this resource so that you can easily get started and just have a launching point for those captions. Um, so you'll never just be stuck with writer's block, um, maybe ever again. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Uh, you can check out Danielle on Instagram. The link to her page is in the show notes below. Uh, she runs a program for churches that have you know, staffs made up of volunteers. And she teaches people how to use their phone for photography, for videography, how to work with templates. She actually has a membership uh, where enrollment is unfortunately, uh, it's closed right now, which means you can get on the waiting list if you like, but you'll have to cross your fingers if she'll let you in the back doors or not. But all that to say, check out Danielle on Instagram. She's doing a great job. And if you're wanting to level up your church, this might be the place to go. Before you go, check out Danielle's free resource, 50 Engaging Caption Ideas for Digital Ministry. It's yours for free. All you have to do is check the link in the show notes of this episode. And while you're there, check out our bonus resource, the Loaves to Leftover Framework. It has a set of repeatable strategies that help you get the sermons you're already preaching in front of thousands of more people through social media. Special thanks to our partner, the Adventist Learning Community, for sponsoring this podcast and empowering us to offer you, the listener, these free bonuses.